Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show Radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Oh, it's really in the process of awakening, isn't it? It's, it's a lot going on. Um, I'm always so glad to see Benny, and I just have to give a shout out of, of love and thank you for his amazing ability there at the uh, radio studio. You just make us sound good oh. and look good. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's the new norm, right? Making us look good doing radio. That's exactly Because <laughs> right. I thought I had that nailed in the beginning. <laughs> I mean, that was the reason why I did it, just because radio, you know, I, you know, I have a face for radio, so it's good. You know, I've been been back to the radio radio station for a couple of months, and uh, I've been doing, of course, the shows from my my abode, my my piece of heaven on earth, and uh, I, I've got my little my little sanctuary out here that I like to sit in, and um, it's really really great. I'm so grateful for technology, and during this time, it's really kept me in business. And a big shout out, and just. I'm just filled with appreciation this morning for all of my clients who have been doing Zoom, FaceTime, phone, mm -hmm. Skype, and keeping the good work going. And for those of you, I, I like I said, I'm Loretta Brown. I own Reiki Oasis here in Seattle. Uh, we've been in business 26 years. And of course we offer Reiki, but we offer all kinds of things for what I call behavior modification, do a lot of uh, past life regression therapy, as well as emotional release work and so forth. But you can find out all about that at ReikiOasis.com. You can sign up for anything to include um, sessions at schedule.ReikiOasis.com, thanks to my webmaster, Indigo Hawk. So it's just a bunch of thank yous at the beginning. Um, I will be back in the office shortly. So if you're not signed up for my newsletter, please do so and you'll get announcements regarding that. Good things happening in July. Uh, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., I have a Sunday meditation with Loretta, and it's just a one hour, and sometimes it's not even an hour. It's just a little oasis for you to where, you know, you you can uh, just check in and, and have a nice little meditation and center yourself, because we're really going through a lot of changes, and I'm always a person that's like, start here. Take a drink of water for yourself first. You know, when you're in the airplane, they're like, put the mask on yourself first and then help other people because if we're off center, uh, we really can't help and become those those light workers and those uh, people that we came here to be. Um, I uh, Let's see, Saturday, July 18, I'll get through these quick because I want to get my guest on the show. <laughs> uh, Saturday, July 18, I have my monthly class for women called the Temple of the Divine Feminine. We are doing this through Zoom. It is working very, very well. And I really think this has been a spiritual uh, a gathering for women, a, a place where they can renew. We do meditations and we do some sort of a little, uh, what I call a, a ceremony or a ritual or something. And then we share with each other, we talk and um, it's a good time. So if you can join us, please sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. And um, I want to talk a little bit about astrology. Oh, by the way, uh, thanks to my patrons. I wasn't done thanking. We are a listener-supported show. From my heart to yours, thank you so much. You can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and become part of that family. Now, this is July 2nd, 2020. 
this is when we're recording this live. And of course, you can archive this and listen to it on all of the great podcast places. But we've got a major event coming up in the sky. We have a Capricorn lunar eclipse with the full thunder moon on the fourth or the fifth, depending on where you're at on planet Earth. And it is the last eclipse of the season. And it is the last eclipse of the Capricorn cancer cycle we've been working on since May of 2018. And that is two years of being in a rowboat. I had a dream last night. I was in this big rowboat in the middle of this storm. And I was like, just keep rowing. (laughs) And then the sun came out. So there's hope. That's my interpretation. And apply more sunscreen. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Exactly. So this is really big energy. And I know that my sensitives can all feel it. Um, It's a big culmination point. Big. This eclipse is a lunar eclipse. So it's a, a sense of something being released. And of course, you all know that just two weeks ago at the new moon, we had a solar eclipse and the summer solstice and all this stuff. So there may still be something that needs to be released or let go. Uh, But I want you to think of this whole process, even from May of 2018, as just sort of a detox or a big purge. And and, and you all know if you've ever done a detox, and by the way, maybe it's time for you to do a detox, but if you've ever done one, you don't feel good for a couple of days. You're like, man, what's going on? And I hate to tell you, it's it's your toxic stuff coming out, (laughs) which is a bit of a process. But then if you've done it, you all know too, and and this goes for those of you that are practicing fasting, right? And by the way, don't do that unless you really know what you're doing. Um, But after a couple of days, you really start to feel good. You feel clean, you feel clear, you feel uh, purified, pristine. And, and full of energy. And so that is really where we're headed. So we've got just this, we're kind of at the end of that detox. And so this weekend could be uh, a lot of things going on. And then the other thing that I, I wanna bring up is that we also, during this time, we have Chiron, the wounded healer in Aries for the next five to six years. And it's the Chiron, the wounded healer in Aries is a big energy because it is the healing of the wound of our identity. And that's our biggest wound. And so what is that wound? Who am I? You know, who am I? Why am I here? What's my deal? Right? So that is in the skies. And then guess what? We're even luckier than that because Mars has moved into Aries a couple of days ago. And Mars is the ruler of Aries, and normally it's there for about two months. But guess what? Us lucky, us lucky people here on planet Earth in 2020, woohoo! Like we didn't ask for just one thing; we just kept asking, and it's here. And so it's going to stay until January of 2021. So that's for the next six months. Aries is fire. Mars is the planet of war and action. So. It's sort of like pouring gas on a fire. So so we are going through it. We are going through major transformation in our bodies, our lives, deeper awakening, and a massive connecting with our heart energy. And I can think of no better segue or time 
Like I always think it's divinely appointed uh, to have my guest, Dr. Star McKinnon, on the show. And I'm, I recently made a connection with Star through Corey Good's Accelerating Ascension online course, which I highly recommend everybody. It's really, really good. Um, we know we're in a time of ascension or awakening, but I really wanted Star on the show today to talk about what that process is like. And Dr. Star McKinnon is a licensed psychologist who received her education and training from Alliant International University in San Diego, California. She assists clients of all ages using a variety of therapy techniques, including cognitive behavior, acceptance and commitment, motivational interviewing, biofeedback, mindful self-compassion, transpersonal, and all kinds of other stuff that she knows better <laughs> than I do. Uh, she helps with uh, addictions, anxiety, depression, and really she's just amazing. And she also assists people currently questioning the state of reality, mm -hmm. who are having metaphysical, psychic, or spiritual experiences they can't define, and which has been termed awakening. Uh, Dr. McKinnon works with a clinical team at Stepping Stones Transition Support, and you might be a director there. You'll you'll tell me about that. And also runs Flourish Awakening Council. Oh my goodness! Welcome <laughs> to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Can you just fix me, please? <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually. You have to fix me. <laughs> oh, there's the key right there. I didn't read the small print in that life contract. <laughs> That's the disclaimer at the bottom. <laughs> I don't actually do much. I just hold the space for you to fix you. Yeah. I think that's a wonderful <laughs> gift uh, and very much needed. Yeah. Very much needed. Um, so can you tell us, uh, and I know this is kind of a big question, but can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like kind of introduce yourself to the listening audience and how did you get into what you're doing? Yeah, thank you. Uh, um, yeah, it's, you know, I'll try to keep this as, as succinct as possible, but um, I grew up actually in the Seattle area and I was, yeah, I love it up there. It's beautiful. Um, and I grew up in a non-religious, non-spiritual family, but I found myself uh, drawn to everything spiritual, everything esoteric from a very young age. I can remember being a little girl and just practicing staring at a candle flame in my room alone and um, just being very connected to nature and the earth. And I always felt very strange. I always felt very different and misunderstood and stuck out often. And as a young child and as an early teen, couldn't help but be myself. I was um, I, I was very authentic, but was often judged for that. I was very, um, and I have an odd name, you know, my name is Star, so that, that right there sort of um, had a big target on me. Um, but yeah, I, I have been drawn to um, the spiritual world from a very young age. Um, as I got into my teenage years, I, I started to struggle with uh, addiction and uh, got into some very dark places and struggled with addiction actually into my early 20s when a series of events that I won't get into sort of got me to um, a, a bottom, a, a horrible bottom. And um, 
that was the beginning of my awakening process was uh, I was interested in, I began meditating before I actually got clean and sober and, um, but I didn't get very far when I was so caught up in my addiction. Um, but when I got clean and sober in 2005, um, that's when my uh, awakening really began because I began to truly connect with myself uh, and not be so afraid of experiencing all that life has to offer the good and the bad. And, um, so I decided pretty early on in my recovery to go back to school. I had already, um, I already had, had gotten my undergraduate degree in the midst of my addiction somehow, and then got uh, into recovery. And a couple of years later, I decided to start graduate school. And so I moved down to California and started graduate school. And uh, early in my graduate training, I think it was actually my first semester, I lost my little brother very suddenly. He, he passed away very suddenly um, during my first semester. And that really cracked me open. So some of our most painful, challenging experiences, I think, are what help us the most to really break open and start really reflecting on life and questioning ourselves and reality. Uh, and so that was an impetus for even deeper connection with what's important in life, what's meaningful here, what am I doing here, what's the point of all this? And I started asking much deeper questions. I encountered some of um, the basic uh, spiritual laws like law of attraction and things like that started coming into my life. And I started being able to use my consciousness in a more active way. Um, and then at some point I encountered... Um, Corey, I, I think it was Gaia TV, um, I, I stumbled across, of course, attracted it in, into my life and began watching a lot of things on Gaia, started watching Cosmic Disclosure, was completely fascinated by everything that, that Corey and David were discussing, um, just started to really blow my mind open. I started then really doing my own research and digging into some of the things that they were saying waking up to the reality of the world that we're living in, which as you know, and I'm happy to talk about a little bit mm -hmm. later, is can be very disturbing, confusing. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's uh, a very challenging time when you first start to awaken. Um, and uh, I saw on one of his episodes, I saw Michael Tellinger. I don't know if you're familiar with Michael Tellinger, who started the Ubuntu movement on yeah, his I show. And I, I was had him on the show, actually. Oh, really? That's wonderful. I met him. I helped promote him here in Seattle. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so I was so inspired when I saw Michael um, because I so believe in what he's doing that I actually reached out to him and I said, is there a movement here in the United States? And at the time, there wasn't a movement in the United States. And I said, I want to be a part of this. And a, and a lot of people, when he was on Corey's show, had, had reached out to him. And so we decided to form a U.S. movement and I was initially part of that. What's interesting about that is that the person who was selected to head the movement ended up being sort of a, what Corey would call an in, infiltrator of some sort, where he, we got everything set up. We actually got funding. We were really ready to get going. And then he sort of blew the whole movement apart. And I said, I'm not giving up on this. I will take the reins. And I, you know, with Michael's permission, I took over um, leading the United States um, Ubuntu movement. Um, and this was, I, I guess it was in 2012, I think is when mm -hmm, this started. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, go ahead. Could you just say like one state, one or two statements about the Ubuntu movement for yeah. the listeners who have never heard of it? Yes, right? and, thank you. And I, and I will point people back to my archives for my 
show with Michael Tellinger, but go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah so the Ubuntu movement is, is based on a theory of what's called contributionism. So it sort of takes us back to our roots of interconnection as a community before money and hierarchy existed. So it's, it's a system that allows us all to live in harmony, in community together, doing what we love in, in complete freedom. Essentially, everyone would be working, you know, four to five hours a week. Everyone does their part in the community and we all support each other in a way that the community thrives and that there is no money system. There's no power system. And uh, it really takes us back to a place of living in peace and really enjoying life and each other. Um, and there are um, a lot of videos online of, of uh, Michael explaining uh, the Ubuntu system. And uh, it's, it's, I know that Corey has mentioned the blue avians that, uh, that Corey's in touch with, some of the extraterrestrials that Corey's in touch with, say that Ubuntu will eventually be the system that we all are living within here on earth as we evolve to a, a place of a greater awakening that we will start to transition towards that type of living. Um, so I was very inspired when I first heard about it. As I said, I took over the, uh, the movement. It was a wonderful time um, and we did a lot of promotion. We did a lot of events. We went to the UN. Michael actually flew in from South Africa and met us at the UN and we represented there. Um, and then shortly after that, I actually, um, which was a big part of my awakening process, I came down with a very rare form of, of breast cancer. And it was a very aggressive form of breast cancer uh, that uh, shook me up a little bit. Um, and I was so frightened by what the doctors were saying about this type of, of cancer that I, and my family was very worried about me that I initially proceeded with traditional treatment. And um, there was something in my intuition that was saying, this, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't quite feel right to put these things in my body to heal. Um, but I moved forward anyways, because it was growing rather rapidly. And I had two little boys at this point. And, um, and so I proceeded with traditional treatment. And after the second round of chemotherapy, I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I spent hours researching how to, how to heal myself naturally. And um, so I completely radically changed my diet. I radically changed my lifestyle. Um, and it required a lot of, I think, emotional and spiritual healing as well. I think that was actually the root of why the cancer was showing up. I'm, I'm grateful for the cancer today because it was a messenger in my life to really pause and reevaluate and shift some things that were not in alignment with who I am. And so I changed those things in my life. And within a period of three weeks, the cancer disappeared. Wow. And yeah, and the doctors oh were amazed and i was a little amazed too i i really went into i mean daily deep meditations just laying on the earth and just saying thank you for my healing and really just you know feeling you know myself healing and the gratitude of that and um, and then doing that inner work and of course changing my diet and detoxing and doing a lot of things to help my body heal but this was um, something that really took my awakening to a new level was this recognition that we are incredibly powerful. And uh, I was able to connect with that higher sense of self 
and really integrate more so with her. Um, and yeah, the doctors could not believe it. They actually insisted on doing like an exploratory surgery because they were like, there's no way that it's completely gone. And they went in I love and, that. They, and they said it's gone. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, and you know, there's been a, a few other series of events of really big life changes that, um, my partner of 10 years also left me the first week of chemotherapy. Um, so it was just a, a time where my whole life sort of imploded and exploded at the same time. And when the dust settled, I was a different person. And so I had been a counselor uh, at that point. I had finished graduate school and I had been doing traditional counseling and always loved when someone would come across my um, you know, my office who was interested in spirituality. That's, those are the clients that I was always like, oh, I just love working with them. And then after this experience, I decided to just transition to attracting that type of clientele because there's such a need for it as well. There's, there's so many people out there that are looking for counselors where they can be completely open and honest about what they're experiencing and what they're interested in. And there are some counselors that will think that they're crazy or that they're having psychotic mm -hmm. experiences. And so um, a lot of people have had negative experiences in, in counseling. And, um, and so I decided to just transition my practice over to focusing on people having these spiritual experiences and spiritual awakenings and um, and I absolutely love what I do. I get people from all over the place contacting me and, um, and it's just been, uh, it's, I'm in complete alignment with what my life passion is right now. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Star, I, I want to like clap and cheer for you. I, I know that sounds ridiculous, but oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so <laughs> Where to begin? So, well, yeah, but there's so much in there. Our our journey is so important and it does yeah. get us to where we need to be. And, um, you know, you, you, I have to ask this question. So is, is waking up, is awakening messy? Oh yeah. It's, it's so funny because that's, that's such a, uh, a misperceived part of this process that awakening is going to be this blissful, wonderful you know, enjoyable process. And it's the exact opposite. It's terrifying. It's confusing. It's chaotic. It's dark. It's scary. It's, it's a lot all at once. There's a lot of grief involved in it. Um, so it's, it is not that, you know, fluffy clouds and unicorns and <laughs> angels flying by. And yeah, you get glimpses of that along the way, right? Which keep you going. I think you get glimpses of where you're going, but uh, especially at the beginning, it is very messy. Yeah, I um by the way, um my guides are saying you should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that more than once. I, I think that. your guides are saying that too. You, <laughs> Probably so. You know, there's a lot to share in that because you know, as you share your own personal journey, and of course it's it's personal, but everyone, I know everyone listening can relate to this. I, I can't tell you how many people come to me and they'll they'll start out by going, ah, I must have done something wrong. I must be mm -hmm. off the path because my life is blowing up and mm -hmm. you know all these things are happening. And right. uh, I sometimes- They're Right on the path. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I sometimes say, oh no, this is good. And they're going, you're nuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, you're just, mm -hmm. you're just crazy. Wow, what a lot of stuff. Um, 
you know, the, your journey, of course, has taken your whole life to, to get here, but um, I don't know. I, I, I don't even know if you can answer this question. I ponder this question all the time, Star, like, do we really need to crack open? I guess we do, huh? Mm -hmm. We need to break open somehow, or, uh, awake, you know, when we wake up, something shifts within us. Um, I think somebody said one time, or there's a title of the book, what if everything you learned is, is wrong or something mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like you have not been told the truth. And uh, when we come up against that, which is totally different, and, and you've kind of touched on a little bit, um, but could you touch a little bit on cognitive dissonance? I, I hear that term a lot. And, and what is that? And is that part of the awakening process? Is that what you're talking about? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so cognitive dissonance is essentially that we, in a very simple way, it's sort of that we we talk ourselves into seeing things a certain way so that our consciousness can feel better about what we're seeing or what, what we're observing in reality. So it's this um, this kind of separation between what's happening and what our beliefs and understanding are, and then we sort of sort of talk ourselves into thinking that it's it's not true or it's not real so that we can feel comfortable and maintain our sense of reality. So it is, uh, I think it's happening all over the place. Um, I do think that we, we have to crack open. I, I think that these points when we start getting this incongruent information with what our reality is um, are what starts our mind from having that sense of cognitive dissonance, that incongruence between, wait a minute, what's really going on here? And then we start really asking bigger questions and, and, and looking to sources outside of our traditional sources of information, because that's a big part of it, is that yeah. a lot of people who haven't awakened <coughs> yet are, you know, continuing to get information from those same traditional sources and then just believing it without questioning it for themselves. And, and during the awakening process, we start really looking to ourselves more, looking to alternative sources and, and um, just getting a lot of different sources of information, which help us to have a much broader um, picture and a much broader place to start asking these deeper questions. Yeah, you've touched on something that I, I truly want to talk about because it's, it's actually huge. You know, when we, when we start to awaken and, and we're going to take a break in a moment and then we're going to come back and talk more about awakening. But, you know, my, my experience has been, and I know yours has too, that as we go through our awakening, that we've lost friends and, yeah. and, and even family members, or we've had to step away from groups that have been our support, our support for such a long time. And we can feel lost, like we're just hanging in air, like where is the ground? Right. right. Yeah. 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 That is a, that is a, a significant part of the awakening process that we um, and, and what I believe is happening is that we're changing resonance, that we're actually changing our frequency to the point that we don't resonate with those who we traditionally do in our lives and that those frequencies are just incongruent with each other. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're not getting along with friends that we are normally close with and family members are questioning us or don't understand us. And so they're taking a step back and, and yeah, that's a very common part of the awakening process is that, that our social support and those who are around us start falling away and, and we can feel very lonely. That's a really common experience, I think. 
<clears throat> for people who are um, walking this path is that they feel very alone and that they feel like maybe there is something wrong with me because um, no one wants to be around me, no one understands me. And so it's hard not to question yourself and think, am I the crazy one? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I must be going crazy mm -hmm. uh, or like, um, and that can go even with just just finding information that is different or having some sort of a spiritual or, or, or metaphysical or psychic thing. I had a client come in not, uh, or not too long ago. Well, I should say we had a, a Zoom call and she said, Loretta, I'm suddenly seeing dead people. I keep waking up and there's people standing around the bed and it's mm. freaking me out. Like, mm. why are they here? What am I supposed to do with them? I said, have a party. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's not quite right. Anyway, um, we're going to take a little station break. This is Loretta Brown, and my amazing guest today is Dr. Star McKinnon. She is a, a psycho, a psychologist. Is that right? Yep, psychologist, psychologist. Yep. and an amazing awakened person. So, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the uh, awakening process, what goes on, and how how do you navigate this? What do you do? Yeah. Be right back. Did you know that Reiki healing can be done at a distance? It's true. So let Reiki Oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress, grief, sadness, anger, and so much more. Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963 and measles became rare in the U.S. But low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org slash measles. Do you make a positive difference in the world? Do you have a talent, philosophy, base of knowledge, product or service that you know could help a lot of people if only you could reach them? Join Alternative Talk 1150's family of broadcasters and start walking down a fruitful path. As host of your very own program, dial 425-653-1150 and find out just how affordable it can be to have a show on 1150 AM. That's 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day. It was a dance break. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Sorry, you have to have a lot of dance breaks. That's how it's, <laughs> it's important. <laughs> yeah, I'm a musician. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Dr. Star McKinnon, and I'm just so glad she's on the show. Um, what What is your definition of awakening, and is awakening the same as ascension? Um, what would you say to that star? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, um, I think they are similar. I think they are, um, part of the same process. I would say ascension is the, the process of the whole of the collective and that awakening is the more individual, though the individual, uh, experience is more of an illusion, you know, that we're all sort of playing this game of separateness as an illusion. But uh, I would say that the definition of awakening is beginning to realize that you are not 
your mind, that you are not your programming, that you are uh, a broader sense of awareness that is interconnected to all beings, all life. And uh, that is, I think, a big part of, of the process is disconnecting from the ego, which is essentially a, a mind construct of, uh, of an identity, of a person, of, of a set of, of thought patterns which then lead to automatic behavior patterns. And once you start stepping back from that and looking at those things, you have a whole different vantage point where you have more freedom, more peace, more choice, and you get to choose to move in a different direction or to respond in a different way. Whereas there are a lot of people who I think are living based in that automaticity of those thought patterns and those behavior patterns. And I guess we would call that a sleep where people aren't really questioning they're not really taking any sort of broader perspective um, and so that is what that awakening is is sort of recognizing that we're this broader sense of self and then as the awakening process deepens that we get more interconnected to this broader um, energy source this awareness this collective energy that is part of this overall ascension as we evolve and, and raise our frequency as a planet I love what you said. I totally agree. Um, yeah, uh, we're we're awakening um, to the fact that we are more than just our bodies, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And you know, I'm a vibrational worker, so I do everything with sound and and energy and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, to me, ascension, like you say, is where we're raising our frequency. We're 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 going up, like going up in pitch, mm -hmm. and. Um, you know, my guides have always told me, you know, your very best protection, Loretta, is your light, your light, mm -hmm. your light body, your light, the, the armor of God of light, right? That right. when you raise, when you ascend uh, in, in frequency, the lower vibrations fall out and they can't see you, mm -hmm. quote unquote, mm -hmm. right? But you have to do that inner work, which I think the process of awakening and what you're doing with people, I actually think is vital right now and that's one of the reasons I was so excited to have you on the show this this idea that our our mind our thoughts and our feelings are not who we really are and then also as we're trying to change our mind you know they say change your mind change your life or you know mm -hmm. as a man thinketh so he is you know all of this stuff but as you change your beliefs you, your emotions come up mm -hmm. and right and your trauma and, mm -hmm. and all that wounded inner child thing, little child thing. Mm -hmm. And wow, I just, I don't even know where to begin with that. You know, all of us talk about being traumatized. Oh yeah, I was traumatized, you know, mm -hmm. my, my mother traumatized me, my aunt Judy traumatized me, mm -hmm. you know. But w what is trauma? I mean, what are the effects of that? And what happens when we work through that? That's a big question. I'm gonna mm -hmm. let you jump in there and talk. Yeah, that is a big question. I think I wanna first start by just responding to what you were saying just before that, which is that there are a lot of shadows coming up to the surface as our frequency raises, as the planet's frequency raises, that is a very substantial part of the awakening process is that especially those who are awakening and are willing to be aware during this process occurring, 
that our shadows are coming to the surface and up and out as the light strengthens. And that can be a very challenging process because it does involve some of those old belief patterns, some of this trauma that we've experienced. And uh, it can feel like we're going backwards or it can feel like, um, you know, a very scary and painful process as we're sitting with some of these shadows that are coming up Trauma is essentially, uh, I would see it like as a split from the the truth of who we are. So when we're this innocent, you know, beautiful, pure energy coming into this world, and then something occurs that splits us from the reality of that. So it could be an abusive parent, either physically or emotionally or verbally or neglect or feel, you know, feeling that sense of of lack of love, right? So there's that split from the reality of who, when we come into this world as pure energy, we know ourselves to be, and then there's all of a sudden this gap. And some of these trauma experiences are very severe, right? So we're, we're these little beautiful beings, and, and these experiences happen, which are completely incongruent from the truth of who we are. And so that's where it sort of splits our consciousness. And our psyche is really interesting. It has all these Uh, very complex defense mechanisms and suppression mechanisms that help us to essentially survive these types of experiences. But it can be detrimental if they're not addressed at some point in your life, because a lot of people will have experienced these things early on in their childhood, and then they don't address them, but then they're coming out sideways in other relationships or in avoidance of life or in substance use and things like that. Um, So the addressing of trauma is a big part of healing, a big part of releasing some of that resistance, releasing some of those shadows so that you can fully be all of who you came to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting with that because um, I do similar work to you, but from a very different side, from the total vibrational energy side to where, you know, the idea is to move this out of you or move it uh, and, and it gets so stuck in people where they're so rigid in mm-hmm. uh, positional in the way that it has to be, you know, like for instance, if, um, you know, if someone betrayed me, right. And, you know, I got duped or believed them and then my heart got broken. A lot of people come in and man, they got a, a heart wall, like they yeah. got a shield of energy in front of there and man, no one's getting around that thing. No one's right. going to get in there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, so, so it's their job then to sit with it. So sometimes when you're saying this energy gets stuck and it just doesn't seem to want to leave, well, then it's there for a reason. It's there to teach them something. There's there's something there for them. And especially if they have that guard up, right, rightedly so, right? So if life's been really painful, it's been hard to you, every time yeah. you've opened up, there's been a, a negative consequence. It's understandable that you've got this shield up but it also keeps people out, right? So there's downsides to having those shields up is that you're not experiencing all the love that you could be experiencing in life because you have this this built-in wall. And so part of the process is you then being willing is learning how to feel safe enough to sit with that broken heart and to learn from it, to listen. 
What do you need? What's really going on here? And so part of what I do for people is create a safe enough space for them to be able to do that healing work with themselves, because there's a lot that I can't do for people, but I can guide them to learn how to feel safe enough in their own skin, which most people don't. Most people are, are, in this sort of fight or flight autonomic overload and they don't feel safe to sit with their own emotions but that is critical you know we have to be able to hold a space for some of these things that are showing up in our experience to learn from them and heal from them and then evolve and move beyond them and sometimes that's the only way out is in um i i really like what you said there there is um I, I literally uh, uh, believe, and you said it, some of these things are put in place. They serve a purpose until they don't serve a purpose. And yeah. to be able to be with someone like you who really gets this and understands it, I've had people come in who are, are like, I need to get rid of all this stuff. And it's <laughs> right. like, well, you got to do it one step at a time and and one layer at a time. And, you know, don't yank the arm off because the nose is bleeding, right? You know, right like kind of figure out what that whole process is, is about. Um, I, I want to go back to something that we were talking about just before the break and, and go deeper into it. When we are the one that is waking up and, or as it, I'm going to put it this way, because I think that life has brought us the perfect opportunity right now for our shadows to come to the surface. Yeah. You know, like if you look in the the news, like stay away from the news. Don't watch it too much. <laughs> yep, <exactly. laughs> one drop, one drop of news is, it's is plenty. It? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then go, go in your meditation, happy place, or, mm -hmm. you know, call star up and say, I need some help, you know, something, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, everything is really getting activated right now. Everything is there. What, what do we do when we are the one that is waking up we are the one ascending the and and by the way everybody listening knows that i'm always talking about not just on the physical plane i'm talking you know vertically as well as horizontally but what are some of the things that we can do or that we need to be thinking about mm -hmm. yeah so you know there are everyone has very unique awakening ex experiences it's um there's really a broad spectrum of how this process unfolds for people, but there are some core similarities that occur throughout the, the course of the process. And so my number one piece of advice is to be compassionate with yourself, that this is a very challenging and confusing process and that you have to be kind to yourself um, throughout you know, whatever is occurring it definitely doesn't help for you to be hard on yourself or, you know, agree with those who are judging you or calling you crazy. And, you know, oftentimes the initial part of an awakening process involves a certain amount of grief. And so there's, there's a lot of denial initially, which we we're talking about with the cognitive dissonance. That's uh, one of, one of the first things that often happen. this, no, this, this can't be right. This, you know, but then of course life starts bringing you more things and more things and more things until you really can't deny it. And, uh, and so we, we battle with uh, a certain amount of just confusion and, and contradiction with how we have seen the world and reality. Um, and then there's, you know, just a true sense of sadness or even depression or hopelessness when we really start learning about 
the reality of our lives and the world. And, and then there's sort of a bargaining process that, that often happens of, um, you know, I just want to go back to doing my normal life and being a busy bee and not having to think about these bigger, more complex issues, right? But the the thing about awakening is that once you open these doors, they don't close. You know, you, you cannot go backwards in the process. You cannot unawaken. You know, once once you start to open yourself up to these broader perspectives, you cannot go backwards. And so eventually you get to a place of, of acceptance of, okay, you know, you do enough research, you see, okay, I'm not the only one here. There's other people having these experiences. There are these resources, thankfully, like your show that you have. I love that you have this show and that you're offering all these events because there are people looking for these things that feel like um, I want to be connected to other people who are having these experiences and understand myself more and learn how to support myself more. Um, but until you get to that place of acceptance, you know, I think you have to hold a space for that grief. And so, you know, that is definitely what I would recommend when you realize that um, you're having these experiences. And I think, you know, God bless and curse Google at the same time, right? So <laughs> it's a blessing and a curse, right? So yeah. whenever we start having something weird happening in our lives, we, we Google it, right? So um, but we'll find <laughs> yeah. What did we do before then? I, uh, I know. What did we do? We just thought we were crazy, probably. Yeah. yeah. So people will Google. I'm having these experiences. You know, I'm, um, and they'll realize eventually. Oh, I might be having a spiritual awakening because I have people reach out to me and they say, I think I'm having a spiritual awakening, but I don't know. And then they'll describe all these symptoms and I'll say, yeah, that's, that's exactly what's going on, you know? And so part of my initial work with people is often just normalizing. This is normal. There are millions of other people having these same experiences. You're not crazy. It's okay. Take a breath, be kind to yourself. We're just going to have to ride through this process together, you know? So that I think is some of the most important feedback that I could give is just to hold a space for what's happening and to be nice to yourself while it's happening. I love that, the validation of, of the journey. And uh, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you can't unknow what you know is what I tell yeah. people. You know, sometimes you've just gone too far and you can't go back now. Right. And uh, I'm sorry for you watching. I just had a light bulb uh, go out, <laughs> <All right. laughs> which I think is just fantastic. Your spirit is still shining. Yep. Yep. Still shining. Um, uh, can you give us some of the symptoms of awakening? And I, I also have another question. I'm going to throw it in there and you can weave this in, in any of brilliant way that you do star. Cause you're star. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, how, how do we, uh, and I probably people ask you this, am I awakening or am I going psychotic? And, and I'm, I'm not trying to bash, uh, anybody, but you know, a lot of people come to me and they go, so-and-so wanted to put me on medication for this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So if you could just talk to that for a minute and I'll, yeah. Yeah. So um, the symptoms of awakening, I think, um, we, you know, we could go probably another hour into what all those can look like, but in some, they look like a combination of emotional symptoms. So often there's a certain level of anxiety or depression or sadness or anger. I mean, there's, there's often emotions coming to the surface. Simultaneously, there are mental symptoms. So 
uh, like I mentioned before, a confusion, a questioning of our own beliefs of reality of who am I? Um, there's uh, almost always physical symptoms. So a lot of people complain about um, physical manifestations of this change occurring in their body. So heart palpitations, sleep problems, digestive problems, pain is incredibly common uh, in the body as the energy is changing, as our, as our form is changing. Um, and then you know, the spiritual symptoms as well of um, some people will have more extreme spiritual symptoms where they're actually feeling like a kundalini type of awakening, where they're feeling a course of electricity going through their bodies, which can be really frightening for people, especially if they don't have a spiritual background. And then all of a sudden they're having three days straight of this energy just coursing through their body and then they can't move and they're in an immense amount of pain because so much energy has just run through their physical being. Um, so it, it can look like um, a lot of different things, but it's it's usually involving all aspects of your life. And, and then the, the relational realm as well, right? So we already talked about how there's big shifts in the relational, uh, relationship realm and the career realm. Oftentimes we realize, oh my gosh, I'm so unhappy doing what I'm doing. And I really want to be doing something that's more of service to others or more in alignment with what I really am happy about instead of what my parents wanted me to do or what society says is successful or good to do. Um, and then you mentioned the, you know, the, the, the mental health diagnosis or the tendency for people to just medicate, you know, what's happening. And, and oftentimes that's a band-aid, you know, I think these medications are just a band-aid, they just numb us, you know, antidepressants are uh, central nervous system, um, they essentially dull down our central nervous system so we just don't feel as much. But that also means that we don't feel as much joy. So it sort of yeah. just puts us in the middle or we don't feel as anxious or we don't feel as depressed, but we also lose the capacity for some of those broader positive emotions as well. And so people end up sort of feeling disconnected still on those medications, um, even though they're functioning better, you know, they might be less yeah. depressed or, or less fearful. They do miss out on, on another, you know, part of, of life. And you often can't get at when you're doing the work, like if you're doing clinical work, working with somebody like me or with yourself or someone like you, Sometimes you can't get to those deeper sources of what's going on if you're medicating yourself. That yeah. being said, I do know that there are some people who, whose life is better with medication. I think there are some people mm -hmm. who have such an extreme severity of our predisposition for something like d depression or anxiety where they're really not functional and they can't do the work at all without some sort of pharmaceutical support. And I have mixed conflicting feelings about pharmaceuticals, but um, I do think that for some, for a very small portion of the population that, that you do need that medication to, yeah. to survive this experience and to be able to um, continue to function. Um, but I do think that there are, is a large part of the population who doesn't necessarily need them and that you, um, it will force you then to do the deeper work and heal and to the place where you wouldn't need them at all in the first place. I, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a believer in mixing East and West. I obviously am in the Eastern, Eastern alternative mm -hmm. medicine realm, right? But um, to be able to work with someone like you who really gets this and understands how to, how to help hold that space, help you work through it. And also 
um, I'm hearing, <laughs> this is the way Loretta says it in her blood, you know, the like, like Loretta show for dummies, right? Is when your life blows up, guess what? It's good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? But it is all levels and it it's it can be very overwhelming. And I, I really strongly advise people to reach out and get some help, especially if you're in an environment where you have you don't really have the support, you're you're exiting out of your old support system, which has a frequency mm -hmm. to it and it will have a tendency to hold you there if yeah. you can't make contact with groups of of higher frequency. Uh, people. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And your therapist, you know, your counselor can often help you decide where whether or not medication is appropriate for your situation. They can generally tell you right away whether they feel like, you know, we can work through this and you, I don't think you really need medication or it does seem like your symptoms are severe enough that it would be best for you to be on a certain dosage. Well, and then there's also self-medicating or addictive behavior, which you can really help people mm -hmm. with. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are doing that to try to keep it down, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and because they don't want to go through that little tiny uncomfortable bit. Right. Where yeah. you pop, it, pop out into, you know, Sunnyvale or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got like just two minutes left or something, which is a lot. I, I want to just briefly touch on being reactive versus responsive mm -hmm. and grounding or breath or just say something in there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a minute <laughs> yeah i think it goes back to where you led us initially which is that heart-centered living so if, if we can take the time to prioritize spirituality and our spiritual practices and living in a heart-centered way a grounded way we are much more responsive. We have a lot more freedom, right? So th that's the difference between reactivity and, and responsiveness is a certain level of choice or freedom. Good. And I'm going to cut right in there. We can uh, start. Can you please tell people where to find you and then we'll be wrapped up for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you can find me at uh, www.flourishwithstar with two rs.com. And, uh, or you can just Google me, good old Google again, just Google Star McKinnon, and I should pop up um, on LinkedIn, or um, my website is also um, Stepping Stones Life Transit, it's lifetransitionsupport.com. So if you Google Stepping Stones Life Transition Support, I'll also pop up there. Great. And um, thank you so much, Dr. Star McKinnon for being on the show. This is Loretta Brown, and uh, you can find the show at the archives for the Loretta Brown Show, and bye-bye. Thank you so much, everybody.